Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Many people think that it's a day to just drink a bunch of tequila to celebrate and the you'd be wrong, Mexican baby. independence. Also not true. Turns out... It was a moral victory for the Mexican army over the French. They celebrated. They went hard. A year later, they fell to the French and they were completely invaded. I did not know that part of the story. But today, on my 40th year on this planet, I learned that, Justin Bernal. You learn something new every day. I feel like as the, as, the only, as the only person of Mexican descent in this room, I feel like we should let you say something. Go ahead. How are you feeling today? Proud? You know what? I am feeling great and you want to know why? Oh, I know why. Because my favorite soccer team, oh, Chelsea, God. is in the semifinals of the Champions League. Oh. Justin, take this to NPR and turn it down. Listen, and turn up our producer has been desperately trying to get what is that? The theme song for the Chelsea soccer team? Yes, it is. Don't they call it football over there? It is football. That's absurd. I'm going to tell you something. I played soccer my whole life. Lisa went to Santa Barbara on a soccer scholarship. She's a king. I still don't care about this story. And do you know why? <laughs> because last week I wanted to do a nice LGBTQ story in my news on the beat. And Justin said, we don't do stories out of Europe. And I said, just on, we do. And he said, we don't. And now he wants to talk about Chelsea. Well, how about a global, late, how about a global story rooted here in the United States then that is breaking right now? Go off. Facebook, their oversight board upholds Donald Trump's suspension from the platform. That was just announced. I, I said hallelujah. I didn't think they'd do it. I thought they would back down. Mark Zuckerberg, problematic AF. Yeah. But his uh, his board decided Donald Trump banned permanently yep. from Facebook. He did launch a blog yesterday, though. So that's really exciting stuff for him. Yeah. I wonder if he uses WordPress. <laughs> what do you think he is? I think he's a medium guy. Uh, yeah, for I sure. Think, you know what he probably does? He probably just makes notes in his like voice memo notes. Uh-huh. Like he talks into his phone and they're all jumbled and they don't really make sense. And mm-hmm. he's like, could you make something Remember, Remember Kovfif? Kovfif? Kovfife. 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 You know how it's actually pronounced, people. Are, are we going to miss, like, are we going to correct me on this one? Or do we really know what he meant? We don't know. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows. But what we do but he know. he always spins it around good. He's like, he is you good. know, Kofi, it's a work, you know, Kofi. I feel like that's actually very me. It's I feel very like we have a lot of similarities, and I didn't want to, but we kind of do. You should run for president. Anyways, <laughs> we have a great show coming up today for you on this Cinco de Mayo. One town is up in arms over the theft of a pride flag. 
this happened actually in my hometown, led to the very first ever small town pride uh, in my hometown. They're celebrating their second one this June. Um, but this town reacted a little bit differently. They were very, very upset and it has a happy ending. Find out why in love about 15 minutes. Ending. Who doesn't love a happy ending? Okay. Also, Red, White, and Q. Uh, today we're going to be talking about why the GOP uh, continues to fear monger and should we engage in it or completely step away and just com- look, ignore them completely. Samuel Garrett Pate, our political expert, will be joining us to have that conversation. Also, voter right suppression, right? It's happening in Georgia. It's happening in Florida. It's happening in Arizona, all over the country. Uh, it's happening at the hands of the GOP. Could it backfire on them? He's going to answer yeah. that question from his perspective. Uh, can't wait to have that conversation. I know, I know, Michaela, you love political conversations. I could honestly, I could mm-hmm, spend mm-hmm. my the rest of my days having political yeah, conversations. That part. Well, how about you start this part of your day well, by giving news on the beat? I would like to say this to you first, and then I will get political. The Housewives of New York. The premiere was last night. <gasps> I have a DVR. They brought Ebony K. Williams, I believe, is her last name. The she's so fierce. She's so woke. You're going to gag, AJ. She goes on. She's the first, I think she's the first black housewife in New, of York. New York. Of course, yeah. She's a queen. She's um Justin, is she an attorney? Or a prosecutor? What is it? She, I, I'm still looking up her bio. She's a, well, she's a journalist. She went on and was like all about Black Lives Matter, telling Ramona. It was amazing I will, I will tell to you, see this. I will tell you that if there is one cast that ugh, between Orange County and New York, they're the most sort of old white lady cast. I think New York is their old white money. Yeah. And she like took them to task. Well, especially without Bethany there. Ramona is very much conservative Republican, Hamptons girl in the summertime. Oh, yeah. like she's that. She's that it woman. Was, um, it was amazing. Maybe, maybe we should put do that in what's popping to really talk about it. Because it was incredible. Like, I was like, we're watching history be made. Housewives sure. are not going to be the same anymore. I feel like it. Thank God. I know. Thank God. All right. Let's do an, an actual news story. President Biden has a new COVID-19 goal. At least one vaccine dose to 70% of U.S. adults and 160 million fully vaccinated by July 4th. That would mark a sharp slowdown in vaccination pace, something that's already happening across the country. So far, about 145 million people, about 56% of all adults in the U.S., have gotten at least one dose. States are also getting ready to vaccinate 12 to 15-year-olds once the FDA approves the Pfizer vaccine for that group. Pfizer also has its eye on authorization for 2 to 11-year-olds in September. Meantime, in Brazil, the parliamentary inquiry into the government's COVID-19 response has begun. The nation's former health minister said yesterday that President Bolsonaro was warned about the consequences of ignoring science and common pandemic safety measures. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 86 in Miami today, 84 in Houston, 99 in Palm Springs, uh, 81 in LA, and 97 in Vegas today. Well, perfect opportunity for you to head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win a trip for two to Vegas. We're headed to uh, see Tiesto, one of my favorite DJs in the world, uh, do a set at the IU Day Club at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. You're going to get VIP passes to that as well as two airfare tickets and a two-night stay at the at the Resorts World Las Vegas. Brand new on the north end of the Strip, I yes. believe. Stunning. Uh, you and a friend or a family member can win by simply heading over to wearechannelq.com right now uh, and enter for your chance to win. Now, here's your vibe of the day. Sometimes bravery is simply choosing to take the next step without fully knowing the path. Love it. Mm. Ah, I love that. Okay, coming up, 
A town is up in arms over the theft of a pride flag, but the culprit left their jaws on the floor. We discuss coming up next. Okay, so this story is very personal to me for a few reasons, and I think it'll be personal to a lot of our listeners yeah. as well. Uh, you know, I went home to my little hometown last year in Ohio during a pandemic because they decided for the first time in our town's history to hold a Pride Festival. And they did that because a young teenage boy, we've had him on the show, Kyle Bruce, uh, he had hung a, hung a flag outside of his home, a Pride flag, and his house was vandalized and the, pl- the flag was stolen. They hung up a new one. It was stolen again. He put a sticker on his car. His car was vandalized. So you can imagine, and a lot of people can relate to this, right? Right. This gay couple uh, was shocked to discover uh, that this had been going on in their hometown. Uh, Charlie Olivo and his husband uh, said they'd heard stories of things like this happening in other places. But in their small town of University Heights, Ohio, same state where I'm from, this happened to them. And they they decided to fight back. They wanted to get to the bottom of this and figure out who this person in their town who could be so hateful uh, to take down something so beautiful and so colorful. We have probably 10 different pride flags in this room alone. Every flag that's ever been created is in this room. And I love it. It's bright. It's colorful. It makes me happy. Right? Yeah. It makes me feel safe and secure, which is, I'm sure what they felt uh, when they had this flag outside of their home. But somebody or something, who knows? Uh, didn't feel quite so safe and quite so secure. Take a listen. Our dog started barking out the um, out the window and like directly at the tree. So I opened the blinds and looked out the window and saw this little red and orange stripe. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the, I think that's the pride flag. And then I looked and I saw a big fat raccoon walking <laughs> up the limb back and forth. What? First of all, <laughs> I love our community because when a pride flag goes missing, everyone's like, homophobia. Homophobia. Do you understand? Somebody took the gay flag. How dare they? What? You hate gays? Their dog, Daisy, got to the bottom of this. And then this fat raccoon. Raccoon. Made, showed his <laughs> homophobic face. I didn't even know that raccoons could be homophobic, but here we are, 2021, well, nothing surprises me. But I don't even think the raccoon was homophobic. The, the, it sounds like the raccoon was dragging the flag back and forth down a tree branch and marching. That raccoon is an oh, ally. Oh, starting pride. You don't know, that raccoon could be a member of our oh community. Oh my God, maybe he was taking the flag to put in front of his house. Yes, well, to, well, with would, his family. would be probably in the tree or a dumpster somewhere. Okay, let's spin this around. Yes. The raccoon said he probably got vaccined. Listen, well, and then or vaccinated. He got, he got his a, vaccination. If you're an adult human in America. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. he probably got Johnson & Johnson like I would do. <laughs> oh, he definitely so got he vaccine. Got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then he like got the flag. He was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna, I'm sick of homophobia. And Absolutely. And anti-trans laws. You better believe it. And I'm gonna it. show him who's boss. Uh-huh. Wear, do it. Wearing his cute little eye mask and such. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, of, he was a bad guy. Well, under eye puffiness, yeah, too. Yeah, of course. Well, he was, like a, he was like bat boy. Dual purpose. Yes. He put Daisy the dog, on. though, got to the bottom of this. But listen to this. So one of the neighbors, this is really cool, though. One of the neighbors who did probably, just like you and I did, assume homophobia, mm-hmm. had decided to purchase... 10 pride flags for the, for anybody in the neighborhood who wanted to fly you know a pride flag uh but then once the flag was found this is what he had to say 
The raccoon wanted a pride flag as well. So that's kind of what I was going with. Now there are 11 new flags going to be flying, 10, 10 that I'm giving away, and the raccoon has one as well. Good. His math is impeccable. Yeah. 10 plus one, everyone. 11. That's a very me thing to do during the interview. I'm like, you guys, check this out. Well, there will be no less than 11 pride flags flying proud in University Heights, Ohio from, from here forth. I Honestly, I would like to hold a parade for raccoons. I didn't know they were just such supporters they're rabid, of the community. They're rabid, rabid, wild little beasts that get into your trash and they're very dangerous if cornered. I wouldn't do that. Okay, but also <laughs> raccoons are psychos. I knew somebody who had a family of raccoons like living in her house huh? not like living they were like living on the roof of the house in like a little area of her home and she like could not get them out and the mother bear was like the mother raccoon was like I don't think so this uh, not the mother bear this took place in Las Vegas didn't it Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. That family moved to to Vegas to become the new Marie and Donny Osmond on the strip and it just turned out they lived in somebody else's home. <laughs> This story is taking a turn. Happy Wednesday in Cinco de Mayo, am I right? Remember the days of late fees? Remember, be kind, please rewind. God. We kind of touched on this a few weeks ago when we talked about the last blockbuster left in the world. You know, there's a documentary about it that was amazing. Uh, But late fees were the bane of my existence. I used to get in trouble for my mom because I would say that I was going to return them. I was 16 years old. I had a car. Yes. I could take the movies back, but then I wouldn't. They would sit in my back seat or on the floor of my passenger seat for a few extra days. And then my mom would go to get a video and there'd be late fees. Yes. And I'd get in trouble. Well, trouble's one thing. How about going to jail? How about a felony charge? First of all... For a late fee on a VHS. Is that possible? I, it would be a waste of time. Well, you might say you might say no, it's not possible. You'd be wrong. Because one woman, uh, apparently, back in 1999, the year that I just took you back to, the year that I graduated high school, uh, is facing felony charges in Texas for not returning Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, that's the one. How good was this show? Okay. Did you watch this? This was a vibe for me. No, I didn't do Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What were the other shows around that time? That's what I focused my time on. Well, so before, I think it was before this, she was Clarissa Explains It All. Clarissa Explains It All is what I watched a thousand times. Melissa Joan Hart was my whole life. Like once DJ Tanner was no longer on my TV, Candace Cameron Bure, of course, when she was no longer on my TV at all, everything went to Melissa Joan Hart. So I can understand why this woman would want to keep this. I, I, well, okay, because also to be fair, I tried to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous, which was another iconic film a couple months ago. I could not get it anywhere. I couldn't get it online. Well, it's hard to get movies now. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't see it. And I was like, I love this movie. So I would probably keep a movie if I couldn't have access to it ever again. Well, apparently 20 years ago, and this woman rented this video in the state of Oklahoma, actually, the neighbor to the north. Right. um, She says now that it was probably her ex-boyfriend. She was busy at the time. It was probably her ex-boyfriend who rented it. She's now 52 years old. Her name is Karen. C-A-R-O-N. Why not? Um, And now she's facing felony charges. This is, it's insane to me. How much is a VHS worth? Right? Yeah. Five cents? Yeah, right? Like literally. Back then, maybe 20 bucks. 20? Really? You think that much? Well, okay. Oh, if you, yeah, maybe, maybe, well, if maybe. You, if you watch the documentary on Blockbuster, VHS tapes used to cost over $100 per tape. 
That's and true. that's why. So the idea was that they were over a hundred dollars per tape, and so rental, like video rental stores, would get them and then make their money back by renting them out. True, true, which true. Which kept you from buying them yourself and kept you going back to the video rental stores. Okay. Which is why they started to get outdated because then they became accessible to people, and then we went digital, and the rest is history. But if I listen, if you come after me and tell me I'm facing felony charges for renting a VHS tape in 1999, I'm going to laugh in your face. A thousand percent. How can they even do that? Uh, But also, we don't have bigger things to worry about. You're going to arrest Karen for a video she had from 99. Like, that's what we're doing. Like, it is. Honestly, I, I might actually be like, go ahead. Like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is really good. And she was not available on streaming services for many, many, many years. So I can kind of understand this. But, okay, so you're married to an attorney, Justin. Yes, I am. What are, What is her legal recourse here? Could she defend herself on this? Oh, this yeah, she could defend herself 100%. So why would somebody actually go, like, the store is closed. The, the video store is closed. How is she being sued? Well, if you read further on in that article, you'll see that they ended up dropping the charges because the because the video store no longer exists. That's weird to me. Why that's waste time? That's so weird. Why would you even? That's petty. It, it's a hundred percent. But honestly, how iconic! Like, have you ever been arrested? Well, there was this one time. Well, what? Well, I kept this video for twenty Sabrina years. The teenage witch. <laughs> they got me. Honestly, I'd be friends with Karen. I, I She's would... like, I had to spend a night in jail because. Uh, I have a couple old VHS tapes, and sometimes I get them out and I hold them and I just look at them just to remember what it was like. Not hold and look at them. (laughs) Yeah. I used to date this guy, and he was, it was in the era of DVDs. He had Okay, you did not just say in the era of DVDs. We have listeners everywhere that are like, wait, we're not in that era anymore? We're not. (laughs) Guaranteed. I have hundreds of DVDs at home still. But but we're not. It's it's more now. Everything's just online. It's so accessible. He loved his DVD collection. He probably still does. He had it in alphabetical order and sometimes... <laughs> Kayla, you're talking about sometimes me right now. Sometimes when he made me mad, I would move some of the movies out of alphabetical order and just move them and he would go over there. He was so neurotic about it that he would see they were out of order and he would know that I was mad at him. Kayla, you don't even know. I probably used to have two to three hundred DVDs in alphabetical order in my home. Oh my, and if is I would, thing? Yeah, what? If I would what? buy, if I would buy, I want to be like a catalog, like a library. And I want to feel like I'm going to. The, so if and the thing is, if I would, they would fit perfectly too in my in all my shelves. And if I'd buy a new one, I would have to move every single one one spot over to make it work. Now, AJ, did you do what I did? Like I went to Hollywood Video, which was our. Oh our yeah, buy them when they would be gone. Buy them after no, they were, yeah. No, I, Blockbuster. I have so many that still have Blockbuster mm-hmm. stickers on them because all of a sudden they'd be like four DVDs for twelve dollars exactly. or something. And I'm like, well, yes. You know, it didn't work out with my ex, but maybe you guys would get along. I can't even tell you how many times I watched The Last Samurai from Blockbuster, even though there's a scratch on it, and it always right at the same scene every single time. It always messes up. But. Listen, all I did at Blockbuster was I would go with my dad. We could never get snacks because they were too expensive. We could pick out two movies, and mm. sometimes I'd try to pop by the saloon doors because behind the saloon doors were where the porn videos yeah. were. And I'd try to take a peek to see uh-huh. what a naked body looked like. Okay, so I miss Blockbuster for that reason. Overpriced red vines and swinging saloon porn doors. That was Fool for You by Kaftra. It's kind of a bop. I like it. I'm a fool for you, Michaela. I'm a fool for you, honey. You're, listen, you're a fool for anybody. You're a fool no. for a laugh. You're a fool for attention. Okay, but specifically, <laughs> I am a fool for you. You absolutely, you. you absolutely are. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. What's popping? All right. Uh, this guy is no fool. 
Uh, Channing Tatum. Oh, no. He's not. Listen to me. My little lesbian heart still has a crush on him. I think he's so fine. And in my mind, him and Rachel Duwan are still together and always will be. Jenna Dewan? What did I call Who's him? Who's Rachel Duwan? Jenna Dewan? <laughs> you guys, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Jenna Dewan, his ex-wife. Jenna Dewan. I mean, who's Rachel Dewan? Wow. Take a breather. (laughs) Take a sip of coffee. Try it again. He's hot in a weird. He's hot in sort of like a straight bro Midwest sort of way, but it works. A thousand percent. I'm usually not into that. Well, then he dated Jesse J, and then I was like, he's got to have some swag because I love Jesse J. This. They're also very similar, those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's single, but he says, listen, as someone. who works out my secret to working out is because I have to be naked in most of my movies Mm. at some point I have to get better at acting so I don't have to be naked in all of them (laughs) but he said that he told that to Kelly Clarkson when he was on uh, her show yesterday but 41 years old he looks incredible that's also very very accurate yeah I need to be a better actor so I don't have to be naked all the time a thousand percent listen I can relate to this I'm the type of person my partner and I actually talk about this all the time We've been working out together a lot. Gyms are open again. It feels great, right? I've had a history of back injuries and some other problems, so it's good for me to be in in shape. Totally. Because I'm in less pain. Yes. I've been in physical therapy, all these things, right? He works out because he just likes it. He loves working out. It's a release for him. I work out because I have something coming up. Yes. I work out whether it's in the past and maybe it's white party or it's Cancun or it's going home to see my family and I'm, I want to look my best yeah. or I've got a photo shoot. Something. There's always a motivation. I always need a motivation. But I the, do too. The, the moment the motivation's gone. So is the gym. I've got that Will Smith body back. Listen, I feel that way too. I really do. You know when Dinah's coming around the corner because I'm in the gym twice a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Channing, you look great. I think you're a good actor and uh, we appreciate you taking your clothes off. But we us. don't actually tune into his movies for his no, acting. No, 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 no. So that is a that is an accurate statement. I just wanted to make him feel good. Yeah. Just like, good job. Sure, sure. All right, coming up, why does the GOP continue to fearmonger and should we continue to engage in it? Does it hold any real power? Uh, we talk about it in Red, White, and Q coming up next. Kaylee, you and I fell in love in a hopeless place. I call it year one of the pandemic in this studio. Remember how weird that was? Oh, my God. It was You know what I feel like? Much. Here's the always the positive for me. I literally wanted like a best friend and then you came into my life and I was like, I'm shutting the world down. I'm getting AJ (laughs) exclusively for one year. He can't see anybody but me. He's going (laughs) to fall in love with me. He's going to be my best friend and then I'll open the world. Look at God, everybody. So you just, you, you just called yourself God. I said, I said, look at God. That's called blasphemy. I didn't say I was a goddess. I said I just shut the world down. You are a goddess, though. Slammed. And I love I love being here with you. Much nicer now that the world is slowly reopening. Oh At least America is slowly reopening. The other parts of the world are getting hit so hard. Of course, sending our thoughts and prayers um, to India in particular. Oh, my God, um, yes. Yeah, it's just so, but, but it is nice to be here and, and to see things turning around finally. Uh, we have a fantastic hour coming up for you as well. Uh, we've got Red, White, and Q with Samuel Garrett Pate. We're talking about the GOP. And how it's much? GOP, yeah, how much? You know me. Yeah, yeah, you know them. How much longer can fear mongering win them votes? I'm curious to know if that is a long term strategy that will win for them. It's been working for about 40 years. Yeah. Uh, will that continue? Also, will voter suppression uh, attempts in states like Georgia, Arizona, and others will they actually backfire on them? 
because a lot of Democrats are scared about this right now, and, and deservedly so. But I'm curious to know what Sam has to say about this. Uh, he knows he knows his stuff. He is our political expert for a reason. So stick around for those two red, white, and Q segments coming up this hour. But right now, uh, let's head back over to Michaela's side of the studio for some news on the beat. Okay, well, there's a lot going on, uh, but this is wild. The Facebook Oversight Board has announced its long-anticipated decision on the fate of former President Trump's Facebook account. And it's a blow to the former president. The Facebook accounts for the 45th president will remain suspended indefinitely, but the fight is not completely over as the decision now reverts to Facebook for a full policy review and can be reinstated then. Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts were suspended indefinitely a day after the Capitol riot in January. Now, the decision on Trump's Facebook account is so contentious and historic. Facebook itself isn't doing the deliberating. The Oversight Board is an independent body described as a kind of Supreme Court for the social network. That's kind of weird. A Supreme Court for social network? That's a little odd. I think, I mean... Let's call it a tribunal. That doesn't sound scary. Um, But right now, apparently, the board says the Facebook does. uh, They must review the decision within six months. So they've given them a timeline. They said you have six months now. So hopefully for at least six more months, we won't hear from him on Facebook. I got to be honest, though. I feel like Facebook is so outdated. Like, I I, I guess people still use it, but... Oh, no. Trumpers love it. Yeah. Like, like oh, middle America, middle America right. and people in their 50s and 60s and 70s okay. love Facebook. It's all they use. My mom is on there. I can post anything on Facebook, and within 20 seconds, Your my mom, mom knows. Comments. Absolutely. Stop it. But where I come from... Everybody uses no, Facebook. No, 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 that makes sense. I don't know anybody of my mom's generation who is on Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat or anything else. So it is a generational thing for sure. That tracks. Yeah. All right, another news. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is seeking a new trial over the death of George Floyd. According to court documents filed by his attorney, the filing comes just weeks after a jury convicted Chauvin of unintentional second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Chauvin's attorney said the court made several errors in handling the case, including abuse of discretion that deprived the defendant of a fair trial, prosecutorial and jury misconduct, errors of law at trial, and a verdict that is contrary to law. While the request for a new trial does not include any specific examples of jury misconduct, the filing repeatedly argues that the court failed to shield jury members from the publicity surrounding the trial. A University of St. Thomas law professor, Rachel Moran, told CBS Minnesota that it's unlikely Chauvin's legal team will succeed in overturning the verdict. It's really hard to overturn a conviction, and courts are especially reluctant to interfere with the jury deliberation process. Yeah, well, it, would, it would undermine the entire judicial system, and uh, it, was such a, it was such a slam dunk against him that I think it would be hard. Had he been found guilty on maybe one of the counts, he was found guilty on all of them. Yeah, it was tough. There is a problematic, as he should have Of been. course, but there's a problematic photo going around of one of the jurors who was a black man who had protested against you know police violence and brutality wearing a t-shirt that something said something like get your neck off my knee or your knee off my neck or something like that. Yeah. And so that photo is now going viral and people are saying that's reason enough to call a mistrial and start over. I mean, you can't shield people from one of the most consequential, uh, well-covered cases in the history of the planet. It's not going to happen. Um, so I, I think they're going to have a hard time with this yeah. one. But you then again, so what do I know? Yeah. You know a lot. I know a few things. Listen, you're an attorney. You believe everything I say, which I, I love I literally do. everything. I'm like, you're right. You think I'm an encyclopedia. <laughs> well, you use tribunal, and I was like, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, Justin, and I could form a tribunal. Three people. Oh, like a small Supreme Court. Like a threesome. Decisions. Yeah. Wow. I mean, but like without the fornication. 
yes, please. None of that. Please. It's going to be a high of 99 <laughs> in Palm Springs today, 84 in Houston, 70 in Kansas City, 72 in Seattle, 77 in Atlanta, 52 in Cleveland, and 99 in Indio. Now give us a vibe of the day. Before I give you a vibe, guess what? Las Vegas is open for business, and we're giving you the chance to head there with a friend. Head over to wearechannelq.com uh, right now for your chance to win airfare for you and a friend plus a two-night stay at the brand new resorts world las vegas while you're there we're going to throw in two vip passes because why not to enjoy a set from the world-renowned dj tiesto at the iu day club all part of the brand new resorts world las vegas just opened uh head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win here is your vibe of the day sometimes bravery is simply choosing to take the next step without fully knowing the path I love that. You know what? Those words really, really ring true, especially now. Everyone's been thrown all over the place. But to move forward, maybe you don't know what's happening next, but be brave. Now, coming up, why does the GOP continue to fear monger and should we continue to engage in it? We discuss in Red, White, and Q. I am American, American. It's that time again. Time for another round of Red, White, and Q. We're joined by our political expert, Samuel Garrett Pate. He's basically the third host of this show. Sorry, Justin. Uh, He's joining (laughs) us right now. Sam, how are you? Idiot. Good, good. How are you? Justin's now crying on the other side. So if if we get cut off here at any point, it's because of our producer. Uh, Just a heads up. Kind of curious to talk to you about a couple of of things, a couple of ideas being tossed around. I found myself recently, since Donald Trump has left office, asking myself, how much longer can the Republican Party just get away with fear-mongering, and is it time for me to just completely disengage, and should Democrats at large just sort of do that to move forward? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll never advocate for um, disengaging. I mean, you know, there is... There are things like um, disinformation campaigns that certainly you have to be careful in in how you engage with them so as not to amplify that disinformation, right? But in terms of of Republicans and relying on fear-mongering, that's nothing new. Mm. Um, That's, you know, there are the two greatest motivators in elections, right, for voters to to go out and cast the ballot are fear and hope. Um, And throughout you know, the last century, Republicans have largely relied on fear to motivate their voters. Um, Democrats have largely relied on hope. Um, And it it just ultimately depends, you know, who wins often depends on which sentiment is, um, you know, more believable, more um, tangible for people in, in the moment, right? So in 2008 and 2012, those were very much fear versus hope elections. Um, and people were looking for hope um, and, and, and chose Barack Obama twice. 2016 is interesting because it was more of a fear versus fear election in the end. It started as fear versus hope. Um, but once Donald Trump won the nomination, um, Democrats and, and the Clinton campaign increasingly relied on um, you know, messages of fear about what Donald Trump would do. And, and everything they said turned out to be true, right? Mm. Um, but it unfortunately, there were basically two sides then telling you to be afraid of the other side. And Republicans traditionally are more motivated by fear. Democrats are more motivated by hope. Um, 
Republicans turned out in fear of Hillary Clinton. Um, too many independents were persuaded, and, and look what we have. In 2020, it's interesting because there's, there was certainly a fear motivator on the Democratic side, especially for seniors, right, who, who, who had watched Donald Trump just completely bungle um, coronavirus uh, response. But ultimately, it became more about more of a hope versus fear election because Joe Biden was saying, you know, we can recover from this pandemic and move forward and build back better. I mean, that was literally his message. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Donald Trump was raising the alarms about socialism. And, and that worked in certain places like South Florida, where there are, you know, is great fear, uh, bipartisan fear of socialism because there are so many people who came from Venezuela and Cuba um, and have very legitimate fears of, of, of socialism. Uh, whereas, and, and those were being stoked right over, over the course of years. But, but ultimately at, at, at the national level, you saw this hope versus fear election and hope won out after people had been you know, basically locked inside um, with people all around them dying for nine to 10 months by the time they were casting their ballots. Mm. I mean, so it's, crazy. It's a really interesting breakdown. I, I like hearing you say it that way. It makes sense. Yeah, I do. It also makes me feel really bad because even like Lisa's mom is a little bit older. And I remember the fear she was experiencing watching the news. And we were trying to say like, it's okay, mom. Like there's hope. Like it's going to be okay. Mm. And she was like, <clears throat> I don't know if it is. I mean, it was really sad because I feel like the most vulnerable are our older generations. I think that's why they're also holding so tight on not changing things that they're familiar with. Um, but I feel very hopeful that there is new generations and people like Kamala Harris who are really trying to drill in like it's we're not fear based anymore. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I think- and, and again, it, it's never it's never as simple as, as as we like to boil it down to. Right. Like certainly there were Democrats who went out and cast a ballot because of fear. And there were Republicans who went out and cast the ballot because they had hope. Um, it, it, it's not to say that. But generally, if you look at election after election, whether it was Nixon or Reagan or Bill Clinton, right, the, the Democrats who have won have more often appealed to um, ideas of, of hope uh, and, and positive messages, whereas Republicans who have won um, have, have often focused on on fear and instilling fear in people. Um, you know, you, you just look at the, the 1992 election, or sorry, 19, not 1992, um, 1988 election where you had um, the Willie Horton ad and, and, and mm. this idea that if you stoke um, racial fear uh, and racial tension, um, that motivates a lot of Republican voters. Michaela, you were one, I think, at that time. So you might not remember that ad. But I'm it's, still it, one. But it's all very, very true. It's This is really an interesting conversation. I want I want to talk uh, to you in our next segment, if you'll stick around, about how uh, how far can fear actually go? Uh, you know, we're seeing voter suppression uh, taking place in places like Florida and Georgia and Arizona, Republican-led states across the country right now. Uh, but could that actually backfire? If you'll stick around, we'll have that conversation with you next here on Channel Q. I am American. 
It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q, talking all things politics with our expert Samuel Garrett Pate. Now, Sam, we're seeing many states sort of doubling down and tripling down on some of these these big lies coming out of uh, the Trump campaign and other Republicans about voter suppression, voting rights, that, that this election was stolen. Uh, we're seeing places like Arizona, Georgia, Florida, uh, where they're trying to pull back and roll back some of the rights that have been given to voters over the years, which to me sounds insane. Yeah, We're now hearing, though, a report coming out of the state of Florida that some Republicans there are saying that they're actually concerned that this new bill uh, that is curbing the use of mail-in voting could actually backfire on their party. Almost 35% of GOP voters in Florida cast their ballots by mail in 2020. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. He did. Donald Trump being yeah. one of them, and he's done it many, many times. Yet here we are. Uh, could their attempts to steal the right to vote uh, from Democratic voters actually turn on their party? Absolutely. Look, the idea that Democrats vote by mail and Republicans vote in person, I can assure you, was like laughable to most political consultants in in the last election cycle because it, it, it's it's a total fantasy that donald trump had that all of a sudden all, everyone on the right seemed intent on repeating um just sort of reflexively instead of actually stepping back and thinking like whose voters are we actually hurting by curbing mail-in voting mm. in states like florida and arizona right there has long been access to to vote by mail options in part because both of those states have large senior citizen populations right um and historically it's been far more right-leaning or republican seniors who are voting by mail whereas more young voters voters of color um uh democratic voters tend to vote in person so you know, some of the things, right, like the states that like Georgia, where they've limited um, in-person voting on Sundays. Right. That makes sense, because historically, um, black churches have driven voters to the polls on Sundays. Right. That, that very they, they were very precise in how they did that. It may be unconstitutional for that reason, um, but but they were targeting reliably Democratic voters. In this case, you see them basically falling for Donald Trump's stupid lie that vote by mail is inherently democratic when, to your point, uh, he himself does it in the state of Florida. Uh, You know, I don't think it's going to work out for them. And then more broadly, right, regardless of whether uh, the attacks apply to the intended voters, um, you look at what happened in Georgia in 2020, where just two years after Republicans had worked to suppress the vote successfully to win the governorship, um, you know, you had Stacey Abrams and organizers all across the state motivated by the fact that they felt the election had been stolen from them because of these restrictions on voting rights. And they went out and registered a ton of new voters overcame those restrictions and won. Now you see Georgia going, you know, doubling down on their strategy by trying to limit voting even more. But there does come a point where voters start to turn on you if they feel like you're taking away their rights and where your opponents could be motivated by the fact that 
they feel like you are cheating, um, and they work that much harder to to overcome those restrictions. So in Florida in particular, I think you're going to see Republicans regretting this move to limit vote by mail um, because it's going to impact their voters as much if not more than it is Democratic voters. Well, I think it's easy. It's one thing to be sort of not motivated to go out and vote in an election. It's another thing to hear that the other party that maybe you don't support is trying to take away your right to vote. That's a motivator. Yeah. Like for me, I might sit out in the election every now and then. I I never really have, but I might, right? But if you're going to tell me I can't, I'm sure as heck going to get to the polls and make sure that my voice is heard then because nobody's going to tell me what I can't do. Of course. Right. What do you think? So, you know, yeah, I think I think for again, for for multiple reasons. Right. Both the Georgia example where, um, you know, voters are motivated by by that. um, But also, you know, just the fact that I I think I think they are starting to wake up and realize they targeted the wrong voters here. Mm. Um, And and I think it also speaks to just inherently the values of both parties. Right. Um, where you you don't see Democratic state legislators going out to curb mail-in voting because Republicans historically have voted more by mail, right? right? The 2020 election being sort of an outlier where you have a lot of Democrats vote by mail. But but historically speaking, it's been the opposite. And yet you don't see Democratic legislator legislatures, um, at least you know, in, in recent years, going out and trying to, to roll back voting rights for, for people who vote by mail. And so they're trying to expand it, regardless of, of who the voters are, because the Democratic Party stands for increased access to the ballot. Right? Listen, like, really quickly, before we let you go, rights. you got to give me one answer, one word answer really quickly. Charlie Crist, will he ever be the governor of Florida ever again? No. And Stacey Abrams, will she be the governor of Georgia someday? Yes. Hello. There we go. There it is. All right, thank you, Sammy Garrett-Pay. We appreciate you. Now, coming up, Little Nas X is headed to an iconic television show, and we've got all the details and what's popping. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin' brought to you by our very own Michaela Gordon. Before she takes it away, I do want to remind you, though, that our show is also a podcast. If you can't listen to us in real time, maybe your schedule's changing. Don't you worry your pretty little heart. Uh, we can. Uh, we got you covered. Yeah. Uh, download the Odyssey app. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y at odyssey.com. Listen to The Morning Beat anywhere you take your mobile device. Now, Michaela Gordon, what is, in fact, poppin'? Okay, well, we love to see this. <clears throat> we love Little Nas X, and we've been bopping to his number one hit, Montero, call me by your name. And so now it's been much anticipated. But on May 22nd, he's going to be the musical guest on SNL. Come on. I gotta say, like, I feel like as an artist, I I feel like the best thing that could ever happen to me is if I went on to be a musical artist on SNL that got to be in the skits also. Oh, yeah. That would be a dream. They'll, They'll put him in a skit for sure. A thousand he's got that percent. sort of a personality. A thousand percent. He's so funny. Now, Little Nas X will appear opposite host Anya Taylor-Joy on the program where he'll perform a live version of Montero. Now, the episode marks the season finale for the late night comedy staple, which has struggled amid COVID-19 restrictions. However, I think they've done such a good job um, keeping it together. And I think that with the world opening up, it'll be easier. I'll say Bo and Yang has been like... A, a saving Soaring. grace for me. Yeah, a thousand percent Listen, kept him in the headlines. I love their cast right now. Obviously, Kate McKinnon. I feel like she's taking a little bit more of a backseat now that the political stuff isn't really at the forefront. She's also got other projects going on. I love Aidy Bryant. 
I love Cecily Strong. Chloe um, Feynman, who's new to the game. So good. So good. Heidi Gardner. She's a girl from out here in Southern California. She's yeah. the improv uh, uh, down the street from me. Uh, and and so she's out there. She's doing Bo and Yang, like you said, is hilarious. So but good. But Lil Nas X, I'm excited about this. And also the host of the show, mind you, uh, if you don't recognize the name, she is the lead character in Queen's Gambit. Yes. So that is, and that is, if you have not seen that, I, I did so see good. It. Justin, you totally, I bet you geeked out over her and had such a crush on her. You know, I, I really did like the Queen's Gambit, but I'm more <laughs> excited about Saturday night, this coming Saturday with... Elon Musk. I think it's going to be a train wreck. Okay, okay, I got to tell you guys it's something. It's going to be so bad. Okay, it's going to be incredible. Okay, so Azalea Banks mm-hmm. and Elon Musk have uh, like an online war going. There's a bunch of details that my... Okay, so uh, one of my dear friends knows the in and outs because he's friends with Elon Musk and also Azalea Banks. So they have a war going on right now. So Azalea Banks has been dragging him, okay? <laughs> and she calls him muskrat and it kills me, Okay. So then she goes like this. <laughs> she said yesterday in an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to she tell us said, what she said. Wait, I got to pull it up. I got to pull it up. It's well, I know a couple it. cast members got in trouble. They had to take down tweets because they respond. AD Bryant being one of them responding to the news of Elon Musk coming on the show. They weren't happy about it. So it's got to be hard to be like funny live on air with somebody you can't stand. Okay. <laughs> she said. If... <laughs> Read the tweet, Michaela. If Elon does not get his fat lesbian ASS on SNL and pump the doge, there will be hell to pay. And then she said, <laughs> when she found out he was going on, come the F through muskrat. Oh my God, muskrat, not muskrat. She calls him muskrat. And it's not funny, it's just funny because Azalea is so wild and they have this like beef, but Elon is not a part of the beef. It's only like Azalea Banks. It's just a one-sided. It just kills me. And he's just busy ba- making billions of dollars yeah, being with, the most, his, with his wife the and child man on the planet yeah Yikes. all right you guys well coming up oh what justin no no, no. You oh great okay well coming up <laughs> caitlin jenner just released her first campaign ad and it's not starting off very well we discuss coming up next i love that sound michaela gordon i love that sound nothing says cinco de mayo Quite like this song. Yes. We're halfway through the work week. That's what that means. Absolutely. You might not be, but we are here because we work ungodly hours and we're happy to do it because we want to keep you entertained and informed. Yes. If you're listening to us as a podcast on a random date sometime down the road from now, this makes no sense to you. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Mm. Welcome back to the morning. Yes. We're so glad that you're here. Thanks so much for tuning in as always. Oh, we have a great hour coming up for you. Uh, talking 2021 baby names. And Michaela has a, a special Cinco de Mayo story for you that is very, very Michaela. Um, so we're excited for her oh, to Michaela. use this opportunity to share something about herself. Listen, this is a big day for you. This was the day that your best friend had something happen to her. I almost mm-hmm. gave it away. I literally almost said what you, you and your zero percent Mexican heritage. <sighs> Making Cinco de Mayo about you. Can't wait. I am a I am a surprise <laughs> nobody knew they needed. <laughs> Can't wait to share that with you. <laughs> right now, though, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela Gordon, what do you got? Okay, well, there's a lot going on today in the news, uh, but the Facebook Oversight Board has announced its long-anticipated decision on the fate of former President Trump's Facebook account, and it is a blow to the former president. The Facebook accounts for the 45th president will remain suspended indefinitely, but the fight is not completely over as the decision now reverts to Facebook for a full policy review. 
you and can be reinstated then. <clears throat> Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts were suspended indefinitely a day after the Capitol riot in January. Now, the decision on Trump's Facebook account is so contentious and historic. Facebook itself isn't doing the deliberating. The Oversight Board is an independent body described as a kind of Supreme Court for the social network. So it's a big deal. Also, Facebook a big deal, a uh, the Derek Chauvin trial could be overturned. Like, what? what's going on with that? Well, I thought it was a slam dunk. Absolutely. So former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is seeking a new trial over the death of George Floyd, according to court documents filed by his attorney um, yesterday. The filing comes just weeks after a jury convicted Chauvin of unintentional second-degree murder, third-degree murder, murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Chauvin's attorney said the court made several errors in handling the case, including abuse of discretion that deprived the defendant of a fair trial, prosecutorial and jury misconduct, errors of law and trial, and a verdict that is contrary to law. While the request for a new trial does not include any specific examples of jury misconduct, the filing repeatedly argues that the court failed to shield jury members from the publicity surrounding the trial. University of St. Thomas law professor Rachel Moran told CBS Minnesota that it's unlikely Chauvin's legal team will succeed in overturning the verdict. It's really hard to overturn a conviction and courts are especially reluctant to interfere with the jury deliberation process. Good. Good. All right, rounding out news on the beat this morning. Tennessee's governor has signed a bill into law requiring schools to give parents a 30-day notice about any lessons that deal with sexual orientation or gender identity identity and allow the parents to opt their children out of that instruction. Republican Governor Bill Lee signed Senate Bill 1229 into law Monday. It applies regardless of whether the curriculum is offered as part of a family life program, sex education program, or other program, according to the bill's summary. Students will not be penalized for opting out. Now, the new law stands to interfere with literature and history courses. The Human Rights Campaign notes, as it could keep students from learning about the AIDS epidemic, the Stonewall riots, or even Supreme Court decisions. It also disproportionately disadvantages LGBTQ youth who may not have supportive families. That's coming from HRC press release. Um, I, I just think it's so sad. I think it's so interesting how this is a party that says you can't erase history. But then they don't want to teach... History? History. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that makes sense to everybody else. Uh, all right. Let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 99 in Indio today, 93 in Sacramento, 52 in Cleveland, 52 in Chicago, 72 in Seattle, 99 in Phoenix, and 84 in Houston. What's the temperature in Las Vegas? I might have missed it. Uh, it's going to be very hot, and 95 today. Well, that's all you need to know because uh, we also need to know this. Las Vegas is open. So not only is it nice and warm there, it's open for business, and Channel Q is giving you the chance to get down to business poolside with Tiesto, one of my favorite DJs on the planet. Head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win a trip to Vegas. We're going to throw in a round-trip airfare for two and an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. Google it. It's phenomenal. Plus, why not? We're going to throw in two VIP passes to get some Vegas Sun poolside and catch Tiesto set at IU Day Club at Resorts World Las Vegas. Once again, head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to enter and win. Here's your vibe of the day. Sometimes bravery is simply choosing to take the next step without fully knowing the path. Ooh, that's tricky. Tricky. Easier said than done, but sure do it. Sure is. Okay, well, coming up... Uh, we have a lot going on this hour. Caitlyn Jenner just released her first campaign ad, and it's not starting off very well. That's not shocking. We discuss coming up in two minutes. 
Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California, and she has just released her very first campaign video. The audio is kind of wild. She's ready to save California, but I'll let you listen to her explain why she thinks we need saving. Yet career politicians and their policies have destroyed that dream. It's been locked away, closed, shuttered, left in the dark, burned down. The government is now involved in every part of our lives. They've taken our money, our jobs, and our freedom. California needs a disruptor, a compassionate disruptor. Wait, 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 what? A compassionate disruptor? Oh my God. And she thinks that's her? When you are not doing well. I just can't. And also, what freedoms have California, has California taken from us? Because from where I stand, uh, things are opening up and we're doing better than most states, actually. Our COVID positivity rate is one of the lowest in the entire country right now because we were actually compassionate. Yes. And wore masks and stayed home and did our part for a year. Yes. So I don't know what part of that Caitlyn Jenner does not understand, but she gets under my skin. I Listen, I want I always want to support every single person from our community. I always want to support all women. I want to I want to be an advocate for everybody. Caitlyn is a disaster. Disaster. And I just can't listen to her ramble on from her place of privilege, from her home in Malibu, and talk to us about how... She is the one who's going to save our great state of California. Our, our great, our state is very great as it is. We all, we all have things we could work on. Yeah, of course. But I'm okay with what we are. I actually, I had a fantastic year. Was the pandemic difficult mentally? Of course. Was it difficult financially? For many, of course, myself included. However, yeah. we got through it because we leaned on each other. That's yeah. what we do as Americans. It's what we do as Californians. I just honestly, I I feel like it, the irony that she like left keeping up with the Kardashians, like was a reality star after being like an Olympian hmm. and <clears throat> has been so privileged it, her entire life. Oh, don't you worry. She definitely references her time as an Olympic gold medalist uh, a little bit later on in this campaign oh, video. Oh, great, great. I want to carry the torch for the parents who had to balance work and their child's education, for business owners who were forced to shut down, for pastors who were not able to be with their congregation, for the family who lost their home in a fire, for an entire generation of students who lost a year of education. Okay, so the she pastors re- who were not with their congregation. Yeah, when are, since when are you, Caitlin? All of a sudden, uh, so up on religion. It's just so weird. These are all Trump talking points, which <sighs> yeah, is wild like, to me. Well, because I mean, she's been advised by the Trump administration. It's not surprising. But then she sort of turned on them towards the end. But she's an opportunist. She turned on them because she thought that she wouldn't need the Trumpers anymore. She thought that it was the, the politically savvy thing to do. Yet here she is pivoting backwards towards Trump leaning in. Caitlyn Jenner will go wherever Caitlyn Jenner can feel important. Yes. And feel seen and heard. Yes. Listen, I get it. We all want to feel seen and heard, Caitlyn. Yes. Nobody's asking for you to speak up, though. Just go back up to the top of your hill in Malibu, live in your beautiful home, and just enjoy the rest of your years in peace and leave us alone. Yep. She's so... There are a few people in America 
that bother me as much as Caitlyn Jenner. I'm gonna be honest. It's not transphobia. It's not. It's not. It's not sexism. It's none of that. It's her lack of actual understanding of the things that those in our community, uh, the struggles we face every single day. You've lived an entire life of privilege. Who are you? Yeah, I think it's just ridiculous. You got to come out as, as trans and be on the cover of was it Vanity Fair. Yeah, you've literally when <clears throat> listen, she's a trans woman. But I said we talked about this yesterday. The 16th trans woman was brutally murdered just days ago. They, there is not a voice properly representing our trans community. I feel like that has as much privilege as Caitlyn Jenner. And she still doesn't want to learn. And still doesn't, just doesn't. So it's, ignorant. It's it, so ignorant. Because what, what, Caitlyn Jenner, in my calculation, is still benefiting from an entire lifetime of privilege living as a cis white male. Yeah. She has now taken that into her life as Caitlyn, and she still lives in that reality. She lives in a bubble that she has created for herself and lived in for the entirety of her life. And she just does not get the actual struggles that that her sisters and brothers in the community go through on a day-to-day basis. Yet she's going to come out here and use things like religion to try to drum up yeah, Republican support. I, honestly, like, like, I, I don't know on. what to say because I don't feel like it's a conversation. I think that what Caitlyn Jenner is doing is so tacky. I think it just shows, screams white privilege. And on desperation. Such a, oh, so Ugh. desperate. I feel so sad that Trace Lissette, a friend of the show, had to make a post, like I said, about the 16th trans woman being brutally murdered, something that Caitlyn doesn't have to deal with living in her Malibu home with her partner and I just I, I, I mean I, I don't agree with anything she has to say you've got to think about it. if you're a Kardashian you've now weathered Caitlyn oh Jenner God. for how many years Kanye West now Chloe's dealing with Tristan's cheating but yeah, once but who again was it? Lamar Odom before Lamar they've the bunny ranch a lot yeah, Scott. Yep. Yes, yes. The yeah. men in their lives and, Listen, and, and the Kardashians. Caitlin. I think what I learned here is that the Kardashians can literally get through anything. <laughs> Nothing will take down the Kardashians. That's the takeaway. <laughs> As we honor Cinco de Mayo, yes, uh, we, it's important to know exactly what it is we're honoring. You and I went to Puerto Vallarta just last year. I'm going to Cancun next month. Yes. Can't wait. Love it. Mexico is one of my favorite favorite places in the entire world. We're actually doing some research because my partner and I got engaged on Christmas and we plan on getting married in Mexico. Yes. Right. So many of our friends and family members, uh, they're going to go to Mexico. Many haven't left the United States ever in their entire lives. Right. Right. And their only sort of correlation to Mexican culture is Cinco de Mayo, which really in the United States is a reason to drink. And it only happened because in the 1950s and 60s it really started to pick up steam because FDR our former president wanted to in, in, improve relations with our neighbors so this idea of Cinco de Mayo became a thing yes many Americans think it's the Independence Day it's their version of the 4th of July not true at all it's actually celebrating a, a small win in the Battle of Puebla in 1862 uh, where the Mexican army sort of pushed back the French who were trying to take over. Less than a year later, the French actually did take over and occupied Mexico for a short amount of time. So it was a small victory, uh, but not the independent state that we often think that it is, right? Well, 
over the years, it's gotten more and more popular. Did you know that sales of, of tequila more than quadrupled during the week leading up to Cinco de Mayo? Not very shocking at all. No, not at all. But did you know that the date of Cinco de, Cinco de Mayo, we see the highest sales of one product in particular than, than we see any other time throughout the year? Can you guess what it is? Avocado. Yes. Was it right? Avocados, was it right? yes. Guacamole. Love me. People make guacamole and margaritas because for many Americans, yeah. the entire Mexican culture boils down to well, you know chips and guac and, and margaritas, unfortunately. Listen to me. If you were like, Michaela, what's your favorite food? Many people would think it was pasta because I'm Italian, which mm. I do love pasta. And the kind of pasta I like is just regular pasta with garlic and pepper and olive oil. And it's literally my favorite with chili uh flake peppers pasta with garlic okay and so good i do i do uh garlic olive oil butter salt pepper parmesan yeah perfect perfect do that add chili flakes it's amazing okay love it but what my heart really yearns for is chips and salsa and like tacos i love mexican food same i love it i always have who knows why maybe maybe i know why why you have a special connection to Cinco de Mayo. I do. That is... Uh, like, I don't want to say I'm a Latin queen by any means. You're not at all. Mm-hmm. You're Jewish like, and Italian. I don't want to say I'm I'm like the next Selena, okay? I don't want to say that. Well, let's not. Let's hope not. Well, I mean like before... Okay, you know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. This isn't... We're live on the air. Why, though, it's difficult for me to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, why I have to drink myself into a frenzy is my mother's name is Victoria. Okay. okay. My sure. father's name is Rocco. Victoria Not and Rocco. Victoria and Rocco. Iconic. They're, it's kind of iconic. Very, very close. You love them dearly. Uh, yeah. We hate them. Okay. And so <laughs> one it's, time- it's complicated. On Cinco de Mayo, my mother came to me and she said, oh, Michaela, you have to think now. I was born in January, okay? January 14th. Yep. Like a winter baby. My mother said to me, oh, Michaela, Cinco de Mayo, I had tequila with your father and you were conceived on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, I remember it. I remember it so clear. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how would you even remember? I, whatever they were doing, salsa dancing and drinking it up, they decided to go home they were, and well, they were probably, make an icon. They were probably eating chips and salsa, which is why you love it so much. I, that's why I think I'm what, connected. Listen, what a way to find out you were conceived. Yeah, I got real drunk off tequila yeah, and then, then came you. And surprise... Here you are. Yes, but you know. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna retract what I said yesterday. Okay. I made fun of you a bit, and I said, of course, you're gonna try to make something about you that has nothing to do with you. It does. Cinco de Mayo from here forward, in my mind, will be your conception celebration. That's it. Oh my That's all god! It is. That's okay, all it is. Can I be a Latin queen? I just love them. I'll still eat chips and guac. Can I be J Lo? Can I be Emgo? Emgo? Yeah. We can, work, we can work with that. McLena. Mm. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. I'm super excited about this one because, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the Real Housewives franchises. And I, I go back and forth uh, between my favorites over the years. For a while, it was New York, and then Bethany left, and I didn't watch it. Then I went to Atlanta, and then I've been hot on uh, Beverly Hills for a while. And then this last season, Potomac brought the heat. Hello. So I have a few favorites. Right now, I'm watching Atlanta again. They're in their uh, reunion phase. Yes. Real Housewives of New York, though, just came back with a bang. 
and a new, a bit of a facelift, we'll call it. Okay, a major facelift. What's popping? New York Housewives will never be the same. So they brought in Leah the last season, whom I'm obsessed with. I think she's amazing. Uh, she's young. She's fun. She's, Who? Her name's Leah. Oh, yeah, Leah. Oh, yeah, tall, skinny. Yes, yes, she's great. yes. She's, she's wild so great. and feisty. Yes. Because the Housewives there are a bit old and a bit... They are. Yeah. And listen, they're old New York money. And like they and now like Countess Luann isn't, able, isn't allowed to drink, and she's gotten into some trouble. It's a whole thing. So, we knew they were bringing on a new housewife because also housewives have been called out recently that some of the franchises are just like very white privileged women yes. and it doesn't make well, sense. Our friend Garcelle Beauvais joined Beverly Hills. That was yes. a big deal. Now this season they have an Asian housewife as well in Beverly Hills, which is really exciting. Yes, they do. They added um, an Asian housewife to Dallas. She's beautiful, yep. really great. But this one is my favorite ad. I watched it last night. I stayed up to watch it. Ebony K. Williams is the first uh, Real Housewives of New York. She's the first black cast member. And she said she's an attorney, TV correspondent, and book author. She's so brilliant. She said, New York City is filled with successful and dynamic black women. I'm excited to join this legendary franchise as the first black housewife. She's also very young. She's 37 Mm. years old, which I think is a great age. Um, She... Uh, is so, so smart. She hosted several talk shows throughout her career, including her current role as a co-host and executive producer for Revolt TV's State of the Culture show. She also appeared in various roles on Fox News and CBS News and released a book in 2017 titled Pretty Powerful, Appearance, Substance, and Success. I love her. And watching her interact with Ramona and Luann and Sonia. That's what I want to see. I think that she'll get along just fine with Sonia. I think even Luann will find a rhythm with her. I think she's going to butt heads with Ramona. Okay, Because Ramona so, is the epitome of old white lady conservative privilege. Surprisingly, it doesn't appear that way in the trailer. Oh, give it an episode. But <laughs> she... What she did off the bat, which I was so surprised, because I also don't feel like the Housewives shows never get into politics. I don't feel mm. like they're very political. And she clearly is a political powerhouse. Well, so remember a few seasons ago when Carol Radziwill was on New York yeah, still. And she right. was the, uh, she'd been married to uh, a Kennedy or somebody from the Onassis. Yes, yes. she, she had ties to uh, JFK Jr. Yes. Right? And her husband did. And I remember she and Bethany were very, very liberal. And they got into it in the season premiere. It was right after Donald Trump had been elected. Right. And they were they were taping in the Hamptons. And they got into it with Ramona. And Ramona kept trying to. And then Ramona kind of got political last year with the whole mask and coronavirus thing. Yeah. She's clearly a conservative. Yeah. It's, so this is going to be interesting. But I think that so is Luann. Like, I think it's going to be interesting because the minute Ebony sat down at that table, she said that she um, was responsible for sort of like bringing heat to Donald Trump mm. and really um, is a person who believes in Black Lives Matter. Like, she really... Well, take a moment to think about that, though. This franchise has been around for 13 years. New York City is the first black woman on the cast. 37-year-old powerhouse. Not representative of New York at all. All no, white? No, that's not I what know. New York is. I know. It's so weird. Um, okay, well, coming up in our final hour, uh, restrictions are being... Uh, let down as we enter a new tier, but find out what gay bars are doing uh, all around the country as they get excited coming up. 
You're listening to The Morning Beat on this Cinco de Mayo. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, We're always glad to have you. Yes. Uh, Coming up this hour on our show, we're having some great conversations. As always, you know, gay bars are getting back to normal. Um, but what what can we expect as we head back into the world uh, of of going out and and enjoying ourselves with our brethren, our sisters? Yes. I tried to go this weekend to West Hollywood. Did not happen. No. Walked up and down the strip. Everything was so full. Either bars are shut down for good, or the ones that are open have lines down the street because of limited capacity. So we ended up getting a, a really overpriced pizza and a couple cocktails at Bottega Louie. Had the best time of our lives. Yes. Never made it into a bar, though. No. It is what it is. It's okay. (laughs) But right now, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela Gordon, there's a lot going on. What do you have? All right, so President Biden has a new COVID-19 goal, at least one vaccine dose to 70% of U.S. adults and 160 million fully vaccinated by July 4th. That would mark a sharp slowdown in vaccination pace, something that's already happening across the country. Now, so far, about 145 million people, about 56% of all adults in the U.S., have gotten at least one dose. States are also getting ready to vaccinate 12 to 15-year-olds once the FDA approves the Pfizer vaccine for that group. Pfizer also has its eye on authorization for 2 to 11-year-olds in September. Meantime, in Brazil, the the parliamentary inquiry into the government's COVID-19 response has begun. And uh, the nation's former health minister said yesterday that President Bolsonaro was warned about the consequences of ignoring science and common pandemic safety measures. Now, in other news, this is big news. Peloton announced today voluntary recalls of both its treadmill machines over safety concerns. The announcement marked a major reversal of Peloton's initial reaction and comes after weeks of discussions with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. In a statement, Peloton apologized for not acting more quickly to resolve the issue after reports of one death and dozens of injuries. I want to be clear, Peloton made a mistake in our initial response to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's request that we recall the tread CEO John Foley said in a statement we should have engaged more productively with them from the outset for that I do apologize now Peloton shares tumbled more than 7% on the news the company is advising customers who already have either the tread or tread plus products to immediately stop using the equipment and contact Peloton for a full refund or other qualified remedy it added it is working on a repair to be offered to treadmill owners in the coming weeks that is a nightmare that's it's a nightmare. Those are they're thousands of dollars per treadmill. They're going to replace all of them. Oh, it's rough. Peloton's interesting because remember they got dragged initially when their first rollout happened with the bikes. The commercial. Yes, the commercial about like losing weight for your husband or whatever yep. kind of was insinuated. And then the pandemic happened and they became the hottest property out there. I got a bike. Everybody got I've been on mine four times. <laughs> in a yeah, year, over I know. A year. Listen, now that the world's opening up, but now this go treadmill debacle is—how do you get a treadmill that wrong? I don't know. That's what but I don't it's understand. People over seventy injuries and one death—that's that's a lot. That, a death? Mm. It's awful. All right, rounding out news on the beat this morning: Tennessee's governor has signed a bill into law requiring schools to give parents a thirty-day notice about any lessons that deal with sexual orientation or gender identity, and allow the parents to opt their children out of that instruction. Republican Governor Bill Lee signed Senate Bill 1229 into law Monday. It applies regardless of whether the curriculum is offered as part of a family life program, sex education program, or other program, according to the bill summary. 
Students will not be penalized for opting out. The new law stands to interfere with literature and history courses. The Human Rights Campaign notes, as it could keep students from learning about the AIDS epidemic, the Stonewall riots, or even Supreme Court decisions. It also disproportionately disadvantages LGBTQ youth who may not have supportive families and put children at greater risk of health consequences. Says an HRC press release, several pieces of anti-LGBTQ legislation have been introduced in Tennessee this year. Part of a trend around the nation, Lee has already signed a bill barring transgender students from playing on sports teams, uh, comporting with their gender identity. Legislators have sent three more anti-trans bills to Lee for his signature or veto. Listen, this is why it's so problematic to have somebody like Caitlyn Jenner running uh and being our trans representation because she a thousand percent doesn't get it. And we need somebody who is in our trans community that can really be the voice. Or just allies who understand the science, like the numbers, the basic, like just we, we, we can't we, we can't rely on our trans brothers and sisters to fix all the problems. There aren't enough of them. Right. Just the no, sheer of numbers. Course, but I'm saying if there are trans brothers and sisters that do want to run, I would hope that it would be in protection of our trans community. Sure. I mean, it's just so you would think so. You would think. All right, well, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 95 in Vegas today, 99 in Palm Springs, 82 in Houston, 86 in Miami, 63 in San Francisco, 75 in Atlanta, and 73 in Baltimore. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Well, before I do that, if you want to enjoy that 95-degree weather in Vegas, you're in luck because Vegas is open for business, and Channel Q is giving you the chance to get down to business poolside with Tiesto. Head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win a trip to Vegas, Michaela's hometown. Yeah. Including round-trip airfare for two and an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. It's phenomenal, by the way. Uh, Plus, we're going to throw in two VIP passes to get some Vegas sun poolside and catch Tiesto set at IU Day Club. About to be the hottest spot this summer. All at Resorts World Las Vegas. Head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to enter and win. Now, here's your vibe. Sometimes bravery is simply choosing to take the next step without fully knowing the path. Come on, that's such a good one. All right, well, coming up, as restrictions are being lifted, gay bars are starting to open after a very dark year. What does Pride look like? We're talking about it coming up next. Listen, as we celebrate Cinco de Mayo, of course, uh, we encourage you to celebrate responsibly, uh, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, But we want you to involve some of our favorite gay bars and establishments across the country because they've struggled through this pandemic uh, and and gay and lesbian bars and restaurants have been the backbone to our culture and our community for so many years uh, before we were able to live out and proud and and to do our thing. Uh, This has been uh, at the at the heart of who we are as a people, of course. And some really, we got some new ones opening to tell you about. We've got some old ones that are coming back, which is super exciting. I was telling you a moment ago, I was in in um, West Hollywood this last weekend, and my partner and I tried to go out. He's like, "Listen, I just want to go to some gay bars. That's what I want to do. I want to go to WeHo. Yes, of Let's course. live our best lives." Unfortunately, there are only five or six that are even open anymore in West Hollywood currently. A couple might come back here in the coming weeks. Well, I've got news on WeHo. Okay. And there, I just read this article. Okay. Honey, Pride is about to be lit in WeHo again. Why? Okay, listen to this. Trunks is getting ready to open. They're Wait, under they construction. They are coming back. They're coming back. Okay, that's the one we love. We love going to Trunks love and playing Trunks. pool. Okay, listen. Motherload as early as May 14th. Good. Mickey's 
Also getting ready to reopen by June 1st. Okay, that's a big one. Huge. The re-grand opening uh, will be happening uh, for Revolver as well. <gasps> really? Yep. That and- whole section. If you know WeHo, Revolver and Mickey's right next door to each other. They've been shut down this entire pandemic. And if you were worried, because we just had this conversation yesterday, this weekend, Flaming Saddles reopening no under way. new ownership. Uh, There's also going to be a cannabis component. Okay. That's cool. Well, I will tell you, I used to work at Flaming Saddles when it used to be called Eleven, and it was the hot spot. Uh, we would have these sort of like varsity like locker room nights on the weekend that were really, I used to wear a jock strap yes. and, and shorts and a backwards hat to work, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but One more. One more. Gym bar. Oh, really? Yes. I thought they shut down after 10 nope, years. No, they're all coming back. They're moving to where Halal Guys was. Oh, they're getting closer because Jim Bar was so far down the strip. It was. It makes sense to come down this way. It's going to be amazing. Okay, that makes me really happy. I know. Also, Tom Tom is going to reopen. They're re- renovating some of their stuff, and that is not a gay bar, but it is a Vanderpump yeah. uh, establishment, and it's cute. Yeah. There's some really great Get costumes. Get those streets buzzing again. Yeah, why not? And also, uh, Rage is, has been purchased by, I think, Lance Bass's yes, group. Yes, which he's opening. And they're going to be opening a nightclub across the street from Rocco's. It's going to be magic. So the silver lining is that people have gotten creative and we might actually end up better in the long run because of this pandemic. Yes. It has been an opportunity to remind us of how much these bars mean to us. Um, Mineshaft down in Long Beach, they're getting ready to reopen. That's a big one. That's really exciting for people in Long Beach. I know Long Beach Pride is super, super um, popular. Last year was especially tough for Romero. He said he's the owner. He said that it marked just his 60th birthday, but also the 20th, 25th anniversary of his bar in Long Beach um, and that celebration was sort of throttled they're going to postpone it until this year and celebrate their 25th year this year so go down if you're in the Long Beach area go support them as well Michaela just said a lot of these bars in in West Hollywood are reopening which is super excited other parts of the country Maybe you're in St. Petersburg, Florida. Well, you've got something to look forward to there as well. Cocktail is opening. It's a really cool, exciting new concept. They're going to have indoor and outdoor uh, dining and cocktails available for you if you're in St. Petersburg. Wherever you are in the country, uh, find a way. You know, Palm Springs Chill Bar. Hunters, some of our favorites. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. We, We actually made it to Chill Bar and Hunters when we were in Palm Springs a few months ago. They're all outdoor. Everything's outdoors. I love it. You have to order uh, a, a snack. Morgan McMichaels, who hosted, she's at, so fun. So fun. Uh, they've got them sort of like caged off, like fenced off outdoors right now. This makes me so happy, yeah. AJ. I'm just so excited to know that we could be doing Pride. Yeah. Like, and Pride the right way. Well, I think it's interesting because you don't always realize what you've got till it's gone. A like million the old percent. saying goes, right? And, and my partner and I always had a joke that every six months, every six months we'd go to West Hollywood. Because I worked in West Hollywood for years, yeah. you know this, and so I was in the center. My my ex boyfriend was the GM of the Abbey for years. Yeah, I was there every night. I used to hang out with with Liz Taylor, you know, in her wheelchair, sipping you know shots of Patron. We would do Patron together while we watched Candace Kane perform on stage on Monday nights. <laughs> I know, like I was there all the time, and so I think in this relationship, I kind of stepped back a bit. And my partner was younger when I met him, and he'd never really experienced the whole WeHo experience. And And we went to New York City one time a few years ago, and we went to Barracuda, which is one of my favorite gay bars in New York City. Uh, Splash, there's some really great ones there, but Barracuda is just iconic for a different reason. And we would go there, on, we went there on a Monday night and saw uh, uh, Peppermint perform, and she is just Phenomenal, by the way. If you've never seen her perform live, we've seen Miss Cracker perform in New York City, and he had the time of his life. And I was like, oh, oh, 
my partners never experienced the drag scene and the gay bar scene the way that Once I you do, did. you can never go back. Yeah, so now I want him to experience it. I want to go out to Pride. We went last year with some friends, got dressed up, lived our best lives. So it, wherever you are, if you're near a gay bar or a restaurant or a lesbian bar or establishment, cubby hole or wherever it is that you want to go support. Go support them because if we've learned anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, downtown LA. Yeah, P-Town. Yeah. Boys Town of Chicago. P-Town. Boys Town might not be called Boys Town for much longer. We covered that story yeah. recently. But wherever you are, find a way to give some of your dollars, if you can, to LGBTQ plus owned uh, operations, businesses, bars, nightclubs, whatever it is, uh, because they're not guaranteed. And we lost so many. You know, we're down to what? 9, 10, 11 lesbian bars in the entire country right yeah. now. Yeah. Th- there's nothing to say that couldn't happen to gay bars as well. So get out and support. <sighs> Listen, AJ. And they're fun. It's Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Let's go. Okay. We're going to the bar right now. Oh, let's do it. Right now. Okay. Tell me something good. Let's do it, Michaela. Let's do it, let's baby. Let's tell our listeners something good. Okay. How about this? So a car accident uh, on Route 90 in Ocean City, Maryland, uh, could have had a much worse outcome than it actually did. These photos are terrifying. Uh, it's an SUV. The entire front end of the SUV is is just, just destroyed. Uh, the impact of this sent a baby flying into the Osawaman Bay into the water, and a bystander immediately jumped over the rail dove into the water like this this suv was almost over the railing of the bridge in the bay oh my gosh and this person jumped in the water so quickly um and saved the child who had been thrown into the water i mean you got to think of how quickly you have to react for something like that a thousand percent a child who cannot swim who is an absolute baby um and you just happen to see this happen in real time had that person been there five seconds later ten seconds later yeah that baby's not alive right now. Awful. So, so it just blows my mind. I often wonder, what would I do in times of crisis? And I like to think that I'm one of those people who would act immediately. Of course. Um, but I don't know. And I don't think you really know until it happens to you. And this person, in my understanding of the word, is an absolute hero. And, and this child owes their life to this person. So I'm glad it turned out to be a, a happy ending for this story. What a what a what a terrifying thing! Though. Terrifying. I can't even, like just just if you asked me to jump 20, 30 feet off of a bridge into a bay, I would be terrified to do that, and I'm pretty adventurous. Yeah. But to do it without even thinking, and yeah. then to have to find a child. Yeah. Pretty incredible Amazing. stuff. All right. Well, speaking of children, this story is wild. A woman who did not know she was pregnant, gave birth on a flight. Now, this is actually more common than you think. There's a whole show about it. A lot of women will carry not knowing that they're pregnant because their menstrual menstrual cycles stay the same, nothing really changes, and the body can actually, the baby's body, can actually hide its little body in the tummy where you don't really see much of a belly. So uh, she was on her way to meet her family for a vacation, and... Uh, out of nowhere, she like went into labor. There was a doctor and there were three uh, NICU nurses. Mm. How incredible, how lucky this woman got. She named the baby Raymond. It was a little boy. Um, but thank you. I mean, that could have been it, it, that could have been deadly as well. Yeah. Okay. So here's an, insp- an inspi- inspirational story for you. Um, so Chase, this guy's name is Chase. He's currently in rehab uh, and trying to relearn how to do literally everything. He was in a very traumatic accident, paralyzed below his shoulders. Can you imagine? No. Shoulders down, almost his entire body paralyzed. Crazy. 
um, and he's doing all he can uh, with his team at the hospital to heal and strengthen his body so that he can one day walk again. His goal is to climb the rocky steps in Philadelphia. You know the iconic scene. Of he course. climbs the steps, and you're an Italian. You get it. Um, and those who are supporting him, such as his dear, dear friend Dan, are finding uh, interesting ways to motivate him. Um, Dan actually offered to allow Chase, once his body is healed, uh, to get a full wind-up and kick him in the testicles. That's the motivation to get oh him to, to get back God. use of his legs. Uh, Chase's doctors had this to say about his rehab. We, we worked on the right leg and the left leg to figure out which one was stronger, and clearly the left leg is the one for the job. His left leg had way more force than I was expecting. Dan, you better watch out. Okay, so Dan, Dan? his left leg is recovering quickly. Um, and, I love and, it. And, and <laughs> so listen to this bit of audio. <laughs> oh! <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. You got it. That's audio. That is Chase healing to the point where he can actually wind up with his left leg and kick his buddy uh, Dan in the testicles. That is oh! progress, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. His doctors and rehab therapists have done their jobs. Well, way to go. Ouch. No longer. I'm like cringing inside. No, you're cringing. I should be cringing. Justin I'm a, should be cringing. I'm not even a boy, but I just, I feel like, ow. Guess what? I'm going to let you in on a little secret right now, Michaela Gordon. It's like the most painful thing. I'm not a boy either. I'm very much a man, and you better know that. Listen, I, oh my God, I know it. I know it. All right, well, listen, that's the end of our show. As always, happy Cinco de Mayo. Thank you. Not as always. As always, happy Cinco de Mayo. Every day of the week, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> happy Cinco de Mayo. I'm going to have a little tequila in honor of my big parents, my parents' big night. The, day, the night the you day were conceived, Michaela. Wow. I couldn't think of that word. Get us out of this segment. It's been a rough morning. <laughs> have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.